Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry next to my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter where you should definitely follow us. Oh, without question. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. We're on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. And we do this for A to Z Sports. Go follow them on every social media platform. This is our 25th episode. NTB, not to brag that we are, we are, what is this? Like the paper and the golden anniversary? What do you do for the 25th uh, anniversary? It's the Adoree Jackson sewed. Uh, it's the Adoree Jackson sewed. That's that's a great answer. Good answer. Good answer, Jack. Or the Lendale White sewed, depending oh, that's on. Right. That's right. Either one. Yeah, we could we could do either or. We, we'll call it the uh, 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 the Lendale Jackson sewed. <laughs> and on the Lendale Jackson sewed this week, we've got none other than Mr. Blaine Bishop himself, the bow-legged freak. And I mean that with all due respect because he is, he was nasty on the field. If you're too young to remember Blaine Bishop playing as a Titan, all I can say is two words, YouTube. Go look him up because the dude was a beast. And he brings it in this interview. We have a lot of fun with him. We talk about his playing days. We talk about the current Titans. And we get into a little bit of radio talk. And this is the first... He's talked about it because obviously his show, the morning show, the wake up zone was blown up and this is the first he talks about it uh, with anyone. So it's really cool to hear his perspective on things. I think you're really going to enjoy it. We've also got Clowny Watch 2020 update because <laughs> I don't know if you noticed or not, but he's still not signed. <laughs> Things are awesome. Trevor Simeon also signed with the Titans this week. <laughs> Team Money Sizzle to you. <laughs> Team Money Sizzle. Great. Awesome. If you listen to last week's episode, you probably already know where we're going to go with that take, but you should go ahead and listen anyway. Isaiah Wilson was cited uh, at, at Tennessee State University. Shout out, go Tigers, support local. Uh, CJ Will or CJ, CJ Wilson, CJ Henderson called out Derrick Henry, called said, called him a quote, human. Okay, That's CJ Henderson. He clearly knows nothing about playing in the NFL and a familiar face trying out with the Titans. I'll give you a hint it's Will Compton. The boy. So- the boy so we will talk about all of that and more but you know why am i just previewing it let's just go ahead and get into it with all that said let's talk tight i hear the train a coming it's rolling around the bend and i ain't seen the sunshine since i don't know when what is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is August 26, 2020. And Jack, Jack, we, we talked about it last week, but I have to hit on it up front here. Like, and we kind of did it jokingly, but the Khalif Raymond hype machine is real. It is alive and well and thriving and kicking, and it is it is bigger than I even thought we were going to. Like it was ever going yeah. to be. Yeah, we got out in front of that, and 
you scroll on Twitter, you're just sitting there in the middle of the day during Titans practice, and you see like 18 different accounts consistently post either right. a route ran by Khalif Raymond or you know a a quick four second video of him maybe catching a ball on the sideline, something that he is doing. They're plastering it all over social media. I haven't seen any any hype like this around a a wide receiver four since Randy Moss signed with the Titans. <laughs> Do the rest of the Titans have COVID? Like, why is why is the, why is Khalif Raymond the only Titan getting talked about? Which I don't look. I don't have any problem with. It. I love Khalif Raymond. I hope he has a monster year this year. But I mean, I, I part of me thinks people are just trolling us. People listen to last week's episode and they're. They're just going above and beyond with their Khalif Raymond hype, knowing that we were making fun of it last week. Yeah, it's, I, I don't understand if it, I think it is a troll because there's there's just no way that the Titans Twitter is all you know coming together as one to hype this man into oblivion. It makes right. no sense. Look, it, I love Khalif Raymond though. Same here. But, same here. But 10 catches last season, and this is what we're doing? Come on. <laughs> it's a contract year for Corey Davis. And we right. have A.J. Brown in his second year in the system. Let's let's, let's share the love. Spread the love. That's just the beauty of preseason. People are like, Khalif Raymond's going to show up week one and have like, like one, maybe two targets and like zero catches for zero yards. <laughs> and, and, and then people are going to be like, but I thought – what happened with Cleve Raymond? It's like you get you get stuck in that preseason hype, and it's guys. Let's let's come back down to earth. Let's remember where we're like. This is just preseason, and it's it's training camp. It's it's you know you're going to get videos of guys making great plays against their teammates, and that's a, that's all you can go off of right now. So let's just let's just let's just know where we're at. Let's have a little self awareness, okay? Um, but with that said, let's. Uh, I mean, I. We sh- and we should have led with this, honestly, because we lead every episode with this. But we got to get the the update, the latest and greatest on Clowny Watch twenty twenty again. Not to not to overhype something, but I got to send it down to my colleague Jack Gentry for more. Jack, what you got for us? Yeah, so the latest Clowny update we have is uh, there's actually no update. We have oh, no update okay. on Clowny watch. Uh, he's in a standstill. I think he's, he's still of the opinion that he will get $17 million from some franchise just ready to, uh, set money to fire. Um, John Robinson doesn't appear to be willing to, uh, negotiate with that. I think, uh, in order for a clown, look, there, there's a, a growing opinion around the league that if Clowney doesn't get his money, which, I think he is pricing himself around the 15 to $17 million mark that he very well could sit out this season. Now that's not what the Titans want to hear, but Robinson's sticking to his guns. He's, he's not throwing all of, you know, the remaining salary cap dollars that the Titans have at Clowney. And while I think it's smart, I sure wish Vic Beasley would return uh, and, and pass a physical so that the Titans could have some security on the defensive end front of things. Yeah, the uh, and not to go f- too far down the fruit thing because I know I I referenced uh, Corey Davis as a banana last week, but that that did well. That did well. Yeah, I, uh, Austin and uh, and Zach uh, brought it up on their show, which their conversation about it. If you haven't heard their conversation on it, was absolutely hilarious. Um, it was it was phenomenal. But Zach everyone knows how much I love fruit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think everyone did, Zach. 
<laughs> no, that's that's Did news you know? to us. Big Breaking news. Ball. Breaking news. Zach Bingham, big fruit guy. Big fruit guy. <laughs> I um, yeah, no, but shout out to Austin and Zach. They do freaking incredible work every single morning. Um, but they uh but to to bring it to the fruit analogy again, Vic Beasley is essentially he's like that that I don't want to go with an apple. Let's go with something like better, like a kiwi or something, where it's like you bring them home and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to get into that kiwi. And then you like slice it open and then there's like this huge like brown moldy spot on the inside. And you're like, what the what the, like I can't use this. Like this is this is much worse than I thought it was gonna be. That's that's Vic Beasley on this Titans team. Whereas like we thought, okay, you know, maybe we can get a little more juice out of this kiwi than we thought we would be able to, you know, like maybe like Let's go. And then you open it up and you're like, this is not, this is not usable. And that's the way I view Vic Beasley. So to bring that back to Jadavian Clowney, I'm, I, and I know I look in J Rob, we trust, we've said it all the time on this podcast. We will continue to say it because he continues to get the job done and he's doing a great job. But if, if, if he lets, if he lets Jadavian Clowney go and he, or if Jadavian Clowney doesn't sign with this team, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be frustrated because that Vic Beasley piece is not reliable, and I, for, to me personally, just based off of what he's already shown us, you can't lean on him. He's not sustainable through a 16 game season. So I'm, that makes this this more dire to get something worked out with Jadavian. Look, you don't negotiate with terrorists and you don't negotiate with holdouts. That's always been my motto in life. <laughs> And I feel like I, I, so I, I don't, I don't think John Robinson should just pay Clowney what he wants, but I do think let's get the conversation going. Let's get it started. And as we've said for the last two weeks on this show, when Jadavian Clowney signs this week, make sure you credit tighten up podcast. We had it here first. Clowney is signing this week with the Titans. I know we've said that the last two weeks, but, it just turns out that our sources were delayed. So if if and when you hear that Jadavian Clowney is signing with the Titans, make sure you credit uh, Titan Up Pod and and call out anyone who who has that news. That's like if right. Schefter breaks it, make sure you you tell them it was the Titan Up Pod who had it first. Well, we were also the guys who broke the Derrick Henry news, if people don't remember. And we broke <laughs> it almost 12 hours uh, ahead of time. Right. So, so Subliminal our- messaging. Our record on these type of things is, you know, crystal clean. That's not they say crystal clear. It's it's spotless. Okay, we are yeah. we are the people. We are almost, you know, in J Rob we trust, in in Tup we trust because our sources are ironclad. Yeah, and, and you will see that once Jadavian Clowney signs. All right. Well, uh, you know what? I know uh, probably most of you came here to listen to uh, Blaine Bishop. So let's go ahead and get to the Blaine Bishop interview. You're going to want to listen to the whole thing because okay. uh, we start off talking about his career. We get into this year's Titans, and then we talk some um, Nashville radio talk, and it's it's great. It's a great conversation. So without further ado, here's Blaine Bishop. Our guest this week is a guy I grew up watching on the football field uh, my entire life. This is a guy that I have I have loved and respected since really since the Tennessee Titans came to fruition. No, no, no. I'll even take it back to the, the Tennessee Oilers days at Vanderbilt. 
mm-hmm. for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, an All-Pro in 2000. He played for four different teams, uh, but only two different franchises, the Houston Oilers, <laughs> the Tennessee Oilers, the Tennessee Titans, and the Philadelphia Eagles. But we really only remember the Titans uh, part of that. He is a member of the 2018. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a member of the 2018 class of uh, the Tennessee Pro Sports Hall of Fame. Not to brag, uh, you can uh, you can hear him every day on 104.5 The Zone as host of uh, Blaine and Mickey, or is it Mickey and Blaine? I. I, I think I think Blaine and Mickey has the better ring to it. Yeah, Blaine uh, and Mickey. Yeah, Blaine okay. and Mickey is, I think, right, the way One zero four five The Zone, WGFX in Nashville. Um, follow him on Twitter, at BBishop23. He's number 23 in your programs, but number one in your heart. Blaine Elwood Bishop the third in the house. How are you, dude? <laughs> wow, man. That was, that was pretty impressive, man. I appreciate that introduction there, man. Uh, yeah, I, I see you got the check in the mail, man. Make sure I, you, you took care of me. <laughs> right. Yeah, your people sent that over to us this morning, so we had to make sure we get that in. Um, hey, yeah, Blaine, Blaine. So Elwood, man. That's pretty cool. Right. Since this is a Titans podcast, I, I wanted to start uh, at the place that I think would be of interest to most people. Back in 1998, I want to say, um, you, you helped out your former teammate, Anthony Dorsett, by, uh, I guess, coaching at a football camp back in the day. You, Anthony Dorsett. Yeah, Bobby, yeah, I remember Kent that. Yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I, I know this because I was at that camp and I was probably in really? fourth, grade, fourth grade, maybe. Yeah. It was way back in the day. And oh, I, I, I ran out for a pass, uh, and it was, it had to have been like a 40 yard bomb, which for a fourth grader is might as well have been a 150 yard throw. And I made this spectacular catch and you gave me a high five and said, uh, great catch. Do you remember that? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I do remember going to that camp. And what I can say about it, uh, we had a lot of fun, is that I was truly motivated on going to that camp solely for my own personal, I guess, deal. And that was because I was a huge fan of Tony Dorsett. Right, 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 right. Growing up. And I used to wear the – people don't know, I was a running back in high school. So I wore the Tony Dorsett's cleats. And so I was a big Tony Dorsett, you know, and I was like, dang, man, I can't believe I'm playing with his son, man. This right, is incredible. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I played for the Dallas Cowboys, Little League, you know. Yeah. And all that. So, uh, yeah, so that was my whole stick, you know, that uh, I eventually uh, get to meet his dad, and, and I did. So – but uh, let alone he was my teammate too. But that was like, dang, this is, you know, meanwhile, he's looking at me like, dang, this is blame. I'm like, man, I want to meet your dad. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Little I, did you know that Austin would soon transform into the best walk-on running back in Missouri oh, football history. I, and I, you know, I attribute everything to that, uh, to that camp and to that, uh, that high five <laughs> that you gave me. And I do remember. we walk at Missouri? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, way back when it was, it was that was a that was a while ago. But yes, uh, and uh, and keyword okay, so keyword there common. walk on keyword walk on. <laughs> no, no, no. We have something in common. See, this is what people don't know. That's why I'm doing your show. I was a walk on. Wait for real? 
Ah, see, yes! well, now, now you make now you're making me look so much worse because you went on to play in the pros and have an all pro career. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got I got a little lucky there. <laughs> yeah, so I was a walk on at Ball State, and uh, I, I didn't know you actually. On there. I knew fun. you were you were from Wal- uh, Ball yeah. State, but yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, well, and to be honest, that's not where I started. I. Uh, went to a Division II program, uh, which no longer exists, St. Joseph's College in Rensselaer, Indiana. It was a private Catholic school. It just closed a couple years ago. And uh, I got noticed there uh, by some pro scouts as a freshman. This is meanwhile, remember, everybody telling me in high school, you know, oh, you're, you're too small. You're not a Division I prospect. I said, okay. I was all everything, all state, all match, all everything. I said, okay, well, I'll go to Division II. So I just went with two other guys from my Catholic high school, Cathedral High School there in Indianapolis, Indiana. Went there. The Giants and the Jet Scouts were there, unbeknown to me, to watch some other player on the team we were playing. I can't even remember who that was. Well, I finished the game. I played running back NDB, scored every which way you know to score a touchdown, <laughs> interception, kick return. But, you know, and so after that season, I made Division II All-American. And, and meanwhile, those dudes told me at the time, those scouts, those dudes, those scouts told me, you have a shot at the league. I'm like, what? I said, you got the right guy. They said, well, you're the only bow-legged guy out there. It's kind of hard. To, <laughs> you're the only one. Wait, Blaine, did you so, play Did you play uh, college football with Jason Whitlock at Ball State? No way, right? Right. So I transferred only because I made Division II All-American. I would have stayed at St. Joe. I transferred to prove that I could play Division I. Uh, and the year I transferred where the rules were at the time, I had to sit out that year, uh, cause I had, shoot, I think I had a three, eight mm-hmm. GPA. So, but I got to practice every practice and that was Whitlock senior year. No way. So I, but I oh, started back, I played every position that the best player played for the other team on scout team. So I was getting scout team player of the week, every week. Yes. And that was my goal. And next thing you know, Spring ball comes around and coach says, hey, man, I know you want to play running back, but you're going to be four-string running back, but you can compete to start at corner. I said, okay, I just want to compete to start. And I started the next year. It was, it was, I actually started spring ball. It was over. And they had two guys that actually started that came out of high school my year. They were both from Louisville. One went to Mayo, and I forgot, the other went to Trinity. And uh, they were really good, too, but one of them got benched. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I'm someone friends with them, if someone came up to you like your when you first walked on at Ball State and said, "Oh, yeah. hey, Blaine, not only do you have a shot at the league, but one day you'll eventually become an All-Pro, ten-year career, four Pro Bowls. You and then you'll be in the uh, Tennessee Sports Pro Football, or I mean, Pro Hall of Fame, Pro Sports Hall of Fame." Like, what would you have said? Would you have, like, literally just punched that dude in the face and been like, you're crazy? Or would it have been like, yeah, no, that sounds about right? I, I, would, I, I wouldn't have punched him, but I would have been like, I don't know if that ever happened. <laughs> I, I would have had a lot of doubt. I know, I'm not going to lie. Hey, I mean, I was a smallish kid. I, I, I was 5'8", for real, 175, soaking wet my senior year of high school. And, 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 and by the way, by my sophomore year, I was more like five two. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that five eight was after the growth spurt. 
<laughs> yeah, that was the growth spurt. That was it. So I came back sophomore year. They were like, dang, man, you got tall for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, so it was just, uh, no, nah, I would have never predicted that I'd uh, have a shot at the league. And I really think it started from being at St. Joe's, though, to be honest. That put me on the radar. Then I went and uh, played at Ball State and made, you know, second team All-Mac and then All-Mac and, and it kind of, you know, got drafted and, you know, kind of was history after that. But even when I got in the league, though, I, I they, they eventually moved me to safety. I had never played safety before in my life, really. I mean, <laughs> so I, I was a little, little lost there. But I, I put it. But, uh, but it was, um, it was a, yeah, I, I would have never imagined I made the National Football League. All, all my high school teammates, uh, they, they couldn't believe it. I mean, really. I, and, and to be honest, I didn't. But once I got a shot, I said I was going to give it everything I got. And uh, if I don't make it, it wasn't meant to be. And naturally, it was a boyhood dream. And just to even get to even being a seventh-round pick, I, mean, I, I didn't think I was going to make the team after the first uh, OTAs. I had, I was like, man, this is these dudes are all fast. <laughs> I was like, oh. I need to, I, you know, I thought I, I, you know, I was just like you, Austin I was, and Jack. I, I thought I was, you know, I'm a pump to iron. I'm going to get big. I'm in the league. I got so big, I was stiff. I couldn't change directions. I could run straight, though. But that was it. So I went back and said, okay, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do a track workout so I could, so I could, you know, run with these guys. And that, that, that really benefited me a lot in my rookie year. So I, I want to go back to this with because you, because you cut yeah. off, you cut out in, a, in the first couple sentences, but. Sorry what was that, no? You're good. You're good. What was it like playing with Jason Whitlock? Was he in the locker room just talking about how much he hates LeBron at like 12 years old? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, nah, he was he was a pretty gifted player there at Ball State. Uh, you know, we not the football juggernaut, by the way. Uh, but uh, he was always, you know, what he's doing now as far as uh, you know, writing. Uh, and newspapers and always very opinionated. He's the same guy he was then, the exact same guy. I mean, he he might have already known that that's what he wanted to do was be a, a, a writer because that was his taking up. Man, I was horrible at writing at the time. I was I don't want no parts of writing. Writing? Oh no, <laughs> no. Was no he I was like, no, nah, I like writing and all, but I'm I'm not into. You know, hey, well, I got to do a project. I'm like, I got to write a, a five-page project. Oh man, this, hell, I don't know if I can write five pages. Did, I, did, you know, hey man, can I can I copy those words in that? <laughs> <laughs> did Whitlock walk into the the locker room with any fedoras on in college? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. No, that's a good no, no, no. He was, you know what? He was, he was all. I, I don't know. I don't. I was only there with him one year, so he might have. But I mean, that was his <laughs> senior year. You know, I was a young. Whippersnapper, I'm just, I, I'm, I, I'm be honest. I was walking around like I'm about to prove something to everybody in this locker room. I, I kind of had that chip like that, but uh, so, but you know, none of those big dudes. I, I wasn't getting close to them, so I was, yeah, I was, I was trying to prove something. I was, I was uh, pissed off for greatness. I would say, That's right, at yeah. that time, yeah. I, I didn't, I, you know, I just remember him always talking. That was the year I set out, so I was just observing a lot in games. Uh, you know, so no, he he was uh, he was a starter. He was a pretty good player. Dwayne, I want to take it back to probably it's it's simultaneously one of the best, but also painful memories for Titans fans, uh, and I'm sure you're well aware of it. Uh, it was a it was a game played between the Titans and Rams. I think they called it Super Bowl 34. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> it obviously ended it didn't end the way we had hoped. Any of us, any of the three of us, right now. 
Uh, it didn't end the way, and probably most people listening didn't end the way it hoped. But you, you, you were knocked out of that game early, correct? No, uh, the third quarter, middle of the third quarter. Middle of the third quarter. But you had a scary collision uh, with, was it Ernie Conwell, the tight end of the Rams? Yeah, big muscle, muscle man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, man, like, I, I knew him, too. Take me, take me through that play because that was – I mean, that was your, that was your deal. Like, you, you, blew, you blew, for lack of a better term, shit up. Like, that's what you did. And, and well, like, I didn't blow that one up. well, and, and then, yeah, so then it's like the one time, and in a game that obviously it came down to the final play of the game, you get yeah. pulled out. Take me through that play of like what was going through your mind, but then also, what are you thinking as you're literally being forced to leave the Super Bowl, a, a game that you play your entire career trying to get to, and then you're there and you have to get pulled out a quarter and a half early. Well, you know, it, it was a boyhood dream to make the NFL, but I sure in the heck, it, it, number one on the list is if I made it, I want to get a Super Bowl ring. And I, I, I gave it all I had, man. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. I left it on the football field, and I, I did. I wasn't a big-time hitter. You know, I was a tough tackler in college. But when I got to the league, it changed because I had to, I had to make my niche. I felt like you, you had to have this niche about you to say, this is who you are, this is who you are, you're a cover guy, you're a run guy, you're a finesse guy. I said, well, shoot, the only thing I can do probably to make my name is I gotta start hitting people. I got yeah. so, you know, I, I, would, I would start making up stuff at practice. Like, oh, that's the guy that, you know, robbed my mother at the store. And they'd be looking <laughs> at me like a friend, said, yeah, you that dude! And they'd be like, what are you talking about? So yeah, that's that dude. Yeah, yeah. So you you were essentially you were Bobby Boucher before Bobby Boucher. You were you yeah. were coming up like uh, you know, Mama says that you you said that uh, Gatorade's better than water, and then that would that would give you the fuel to to smack that person around for sixty minutes well, in the game. Well, well, well. Truth be told, it was something like that. But here's what happened before I go into the Super Bowl is I was at practice my rookie year. And these two guys, I can name their name, Chris Dishman and Steve Jackson on Gunner Jammer. That's when you run down for, you know, punts. Yeah, right. And I'm the guy running down. They bury me. I don't go very far at all. This is my first time ever. I mean, and, and I was trying. I mean, I mean, I was giving it all I got. And they buried me and, and pinned me and drove me to the sidelines and out of bounds and, and put me on my back. And I had never had that happen. I was so mad. I had I had tears coming out of my eyes. I was so mad. I really was. And I yelled at them, line your, you know what, back up. And the coaches looked at me like, whoa. I was hot. And I said, that'll never happen again. And I went right at Chris Dishman. He was, you know, he was a stud. Everybody knew who he was. I went right at him. I'm like, I'm going to pick one of them, and I'm going to get one of them. And I, I know I'm going to be one of them. You know, because they double teaming on the jam. Yeah. All right. So we watched the tape and I watched myself the first time and I go, dang, I look like a totally different player. And the coach kept saying, well, where is that Blaine at? Yeah, That's right. the Blaine I want. And I go, uh oh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to turn up a notch because I can see just like he saw that I'm a different player when I get mad. So, <laughs> I start playing mad. <laughs> so every time I touched the field, I had to come up with a reason, especially in games, to be mad. So that's how I started hitting people and getting this aggressive, beyond aggressive nature. 
What so was the we get what, in the Super Bowl? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, what was the most ridiculous thing you came up with to like get mad? Like, was there was there one that you remember that just was like so ridiculous, but it like it 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 worked? Um, I, I think um, like like one that, that I, took five dollars out of my mind. mom's purse. No, you know what? I, one of them was the one I used the example of that my mom got carjacked, and another one is that. Uh, they broke into our house and you were the guy that was standing in the door while we're driving down the street coming up to our house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I hate to be that's that so guy. vivid, but that's and, and so... People think it, it's crazy no. until, you, until you heard MJ start saying those same thing. He right. made up all that stuff that right. he wanted to play against those dudes. So they, everybody laughs at me when I make it. They're like, man, he, he crazy. No, that... that it made me play with an edge. It really did. Or I'd find something in tape or film. I mean, I, I was not a big fan of Hines Ward always doing that first down on people. I was like, oh, he's not doing that first down. He's not doing that. Mm -mm. No, -uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to hit him so hard, he's going to be mad. And so, yeah, they, they, he didn't do that on me. <laughs> so it, it, I would find something every week to give me that edge. And right. I'd get it by Thursday. So naturally in the Super Bowl, we, I have an edge and, you know, uh, I, I'm already edged up during the week. It, it come Friday, I'm getting in a fight with Derek Mason at practice because I'm pissed off because I don't have my dudes. And my dudes were my DBs. We had dudes down, Marcus Robertson. We had another corner down. I'm out there with all these young bucks, and they don't know what they're doing. So they're messing up on Friday. So I'm hot. And so Derek Mason up there running hard on our drill. I was like, dude, we have no equipment on. It's Friday. I mean, dude, we, the, the, the game is Sunday. We're just jogging. He's running full blast. And I go, man, why are you doing I said, man, stop doing that, man. I got to build up their confidence. I remember it was against George McCullough. And so, naturally, he said, I do what I want to do. I said, okay. He ran down there again. I'm playing robber, and I hit him <laughs> in his back. And, then, you know, then it was all my fault after that, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I get in the Super Bowl. I try to hit old Cromwell. You know, in, in, the, in the moment, I'm pissed because they just moving the ball up and down the field on us, but they can't score, you know, touchdown. They're just moving them because our plan was they're going to move the ball, but we're going to blitz them and we're going to hit the quarterback. I'm like, well, if he didn't have the ball, that doesn't mean anything. Well, he's not going to have the ball a lot, so you be very ready. So I'm just running around just trying to waylay people, and I got waylaid. Actually, on that play, take me through it, it was a little underneath route. So I'm coming up from high, and I see it late. So he catches the ball and he gets ahead of steam. And Cromwell is a pretty thick, rocked up dude. And so right when I'm about to explode and hit him, Dorsett hits hits him into me. So I was about I was exploding off the ground and I was trying to hit him as hard as I could. I I, I promise you. And so I got caught with my neck. My head was up, uh. but I got caught on my neck and, and I, I hurt my neck, sprained my neck. I'm on the ground at the Super Bowl. You know, and I'm I'm up there talking about I'm coming back in the game, and you know the training staff was like, Nah, we you're not going back in this game. I said, Hey man, they asked me where I was. I said, Y'all better quit playing with me. I'm at the Super Bowl. I'm about to go back in this game. They said, No, 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 no. you're not. Gonna. I said, You don't know where. I said, Oh, I know where I'm at. But initially, guys, I didn't even remember exactly what happened, like how I got hurt. When I right. first came to, it was like you know a boxer he gets knocked out, and I don't I don't remember where the punch came from. Initially, when they say, well, do you know what happened? I just go, uh, do you know where you at? Yeah, I'm at the Super Bowl. 
Next question. And then I said, yeah. oh, I remember everything. <laughs> then I started remembering everything. It started coming back. But that was the first time I'd ever had happened. And then I started cracking jokes on my, hey, man, they, they run a lot of commercials, man. Do I get paid for these commercials they running? And uh, so I started acting really silly. They was like, nah, he not coming back. <laughs> Blaine, and there's so, a, oh, you, you, you finish? Yeah, well, I was going to say, then they, they said, I said, I'm coming back in this game. So they eventually said, we're going to get the car. So they got a, a car and, and pulled me and, and strolled me out of there because they knew I was going to come back in that game. And by the way, I got my helmet cut off in the x-ray machine. Oh. My grill, the front of my grill. And while, meanwhile, I'm listening to the game. So I say, man, they coming back. We going to win. <laughs> while I'm sitting there getting an MRI and x-ray and all that. But I, I'm still with my, my neck mobilized. So were you, ba- were you back there for the final – were you back there for the final play of the game? Were you were you were back in the training room? Yeah, I didn't see any of it. Ah. I didn't see any of it to the night, to the night, to the night. They they brought me back. I'm walking back there. I look at this picture now. I'm walking back through the stadium. Nobody is there. I see all the graffiti on the ground. I knew what happened. Naturally, we had a radio on, and I got a big old neck brace on walking to the bus. So I was determined. That we was gonna get back there the next year. That's why I hate the Ravens so bad because yeah. I knew that team was better. That that Titan team was better, and and, and we knew we were good. Blaine, so that, that, that's why I, I just oh I despise them. I don't even I don't the Rams they they beat us swear. So I, I don't have an issue with the Rams, but the Ravens and then how they were cocky. Oh, oh man, yeah. talk smack. I wanted to ooh I wanted Brian to, that, that was I won't go. Yeah, uh huh, and Ray Ray and crew, yeah, mm. yeah. So that was kind of the whole story. I, I, I still today I want the Titans to win a Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go buy a Super Bowl ring, act like I played it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad I wanted that ring, man. Blaine, you played with the same kind of reckless abandonment and just fearlessness that a guy that's playing safety right now for the Titans plays. I'm talking about Kenny Vaccaro. He he's, yes. he's the one who lays the lumber. He he gets up there, stops the run, um, and his counter his counter counterpart back there, and Kevin Byard isn't, isn't too shabby either. Um, yeah. Do you see similarities between Kenny Vaccaro and and yourself? Man, I'm I'm glad you said that because that is absolutely true. I, you know, I wish I had the ball skills of Byard, but I didn't. Uh, you know, I had broken arms and fingers and forearms every year I had a cast on for like four years in a row so I couldn't catch anything um but yeah my, my style is definitely Vaccaro those guys are much more you know Vaccaro is much more athletic bigger you know probably faster you know the league is, is different than my time but our styles are exactly the same and I, I can visualize I watched this one play of Vaccaro I still remember it happened two years ago I have to tell you this guy's story because this is the stuff that makes me laugh when I'm watching you know, and I, I get excited, you know, I get jacked up, you know, and because I didn't even do anything like this. This guy gets the Giants in New York. That's when Henry first started, you know, he started running, you know, dominating. I think that was like his second or third game dominating two years ago or a year and a half ago. And Vaccaro comes up and hits this offensive lineman, some 340-pound guy, dead in the jaw, head up, and his helmet pops off. <laughs> His helmet, and he keeps and goes makes the tackle. <laughs> oh, I jumped off my couch. I could not believe it. 
I, I, first thing, I, I saw Bayard after that. I said, hey, man, what y'all saying to him when, when y'all saw that old film? Like, damn, man, that was badass. I was like, he, he was like, man, we were like, oh, man, ain't none of us going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, yeah, that, that that was me right there. But I never I never got to do one like that. But he he knocked his helmet and the, the offensive lineman's helmet off and still made the tackle. It was phenomenal. Oh, my he, God. He's special. Let me, let me yeah, put you on the spot while we're talking about him. So, there, yeah. in my opinion, there are three elite uh, safety tandems in Titans history, and that's mm-hmm. yourself and Marcus Robertson, Chris Hope and Michael Griffin, and mm-hmm. Kevin Byard and Kenny Vaccaro. How would you rank those three duos? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> that is a tough one. It, all right. Well, I you know, I don't know if I could actually, without being biased to, to our group of me and Marcus, because we got to play the longest. So I would say that. But I, I would say as a duo, I don't want to be in the moment, but Vaccaro and Bayer could could surpass and be the best as a, a tandem. It, they, they, they need another year for sure. I think they could do it. Just the way they go about their business, uh, it was a little different. I kind of I guarded the slot, so I did a little bit more than McCarroll on the covering side. Buyer does a little bit more of that, but I, I just man, they they are they're they're getting there, man. Naturally, uh, Hope and Griffin both went to the Pro Bowl one year. Uh, so in Titans history, I would I would have to give it right today. And just Titans, because our, our our careers are matched with Oilers, Marcus. So I don't know if we could be number one. But in Titans history, I got to give it right today. I'm going to give it uh, to uh, Griffin and, and Hope. And then Vaccaro, if they – Vaccaro and Byard have another solid year this year, I think they'll be number one. I think Byard is going to go down as the best Titan safety in history ever, even after he's done playing. I believe that I said that when he was a rookie and I saw him playing as a, just a, a nickel dime guy. I said, he should be starting. So I, I really like his skill sets and I like his mindset. He's got an old school mentality. He studies the game. A lot of these guys, they don't even study the game. They just go out there and play. I think Michael Griffin will go down as the most talented Titan, uh, but I never felt like he got all the talent out of him that, that he could have in his peak. He could have been dominant for years to, I mean, years after that. And then, because I think he just played off his ability. Mm-hmm. I've said that to him before. Uh, but when he had to start really honing in on technique and, and, and eye control and eye discipline, that's when his career kind of slipped off a little bit. And because you can get away with if you lose a step here or there, you can still be pretty fast if you know what you're supposed to be reading. And you can actually look faster on the football field uh, until you get on those one-on-one race foot races. Uh, so I think he's the most talented Griffin, but I think Byer's going to go down as the best, best ever. Well, Griffin really just wanted to get in the cupcake industry. I think that's what <laughs> with the Rappo, yeah. Man, yeah, he used, people used to bag on Griffin. Griffin was pretty good, man. Yeah, no, he, I like, he, I, I he like. Played one year with his shoulder messed up, and I can feel for him because my shoulder was messed up one year, and I hardly, I don't, I, I hardly ever missed a tackle. I mean, ever. I mean, so he went through a whole phase there where he missed a lot of tackles 
And it was a lot of it had to do with that's when they put in it, you know, don't be blindsided and hitting people. And, you know, sometimes he was just outright missing because he was afraid that he was going to get fined because he got fined numerous times for hitting people. Uh, so that was part of it. But you got to play the game. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think Griff, Griffin, he, he, I put him, Bayard is coming up on his tail, but uh, I, I, think, I think Griffin, I'm going to still go with Griffin. Until this season starts and Bayard plays a couple games, you know, four or five games, then, then Bayard will be the guy. <laughs> what, what, was the, uh, what was the Pro Bowl like? Because you obviously went to four of them. Like, was it, was it like essentially like a vacation where you got to play a football game? Was it – because obviously back then you guys – I feel like your era took the game more seriously than they take today. Now it's like essentially just like you go down to Orlando talent and, show. Right. And you, you play two hand touch on the field. Like, but like you played in the era. I mean, obviously like everyone remembers the Sean Taylor hit on that punter. You played even before that when it was even just as violent and just as aggressive. And you guys actually, I mean, you went there to win. You had pride in the AFC, you wanted to beat the NFC and, what was what was it like? Just uh, one, I guess, just from the week's perspective, because it it did kind of feel like a treat. It, it was after the Super Bowl; it was the last football game of the year back then. And like, did you enjoy it? Like, was it was it something that you you looked forward to? Well, I, actually, <laughs> I guess you, you got to look at it in eras. You know, in our era, you know, and we could say the era before us. You know, those dudes was hard nosed. They were, you know, bad dudes. And, you know, as, as time goes on, you, you look at each era as, oh, those guys are soft. You know, they don't play as hard, yeah. you know, all that. So, you know, we were following the dudes who were, you know, those dudes was bad. You know, what, man? So we had to carry that, you know, mantle a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it's hard to compare. But when we practiced out there, there was no hitting. Now, you did move around a little bit more than, you know, they probably do now at practice. But there was no, no big-time hitting. It was actually a showcase. You know, you're with the best of the best. So it was kind of, you know, you know, time to, you know, develop relationships, get to know guys a little bit better, their families. At the same time, you know, you out there golfing, doing charity work. Um, with the practices was only, I don't know, maybe an hour long. So it wasn't like it was strategic. We had certain rules that we had to abide by and everything else. But as far as the game, when it came down to the game now, we still probably – I would say playing at a preseason level. I always talk about levels. The preseason is one level, regular season is one level, and playoffs is another level. And when I say that, I'm talking about the speed of the game. So it's pretty much played at the preseason level until fourth quarter. Fourth <laughs> quarter, you put up that four, it becomes real. And the only reason why it becomes real is because of the paycheck. If it's a close game, both teams know all bets are off. We playing this like it's a Super Bowl. <laughs> all bets are off. Yeah, so you know, all rules. No blitzing. Oh uh, man, Junior say you be like blitz every play. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I thought we could do that. They were like, hey man, nobody said nothing to Junior. I mean, Junior used to call up practice. Junior be Junior be like, practice over, coach. And he'd be like, okay. <laughs> I got tea time and such and such. You know, so it, it, it was kind of that kind of atmosphere, fun. You know, you got your families there and they can enjoy it. So, and then half the time, I'm being honest, you know, there to my first time going, I took everybody in my family. I think I had like, you know, 30 people, you know, immediate family members. 
So I was like, this may be the one and only time I ever go to the Pro Bowl. And so, um, yeah, I took all 30 of them and I said, hey, man, this is the last time I do that. So my, my incentive to win the game was to make sure I broke even on the trip. <laughs> because back then, I, I think I only got like, my first Pro Bowl, I think they gave us like $30,000 if we won. So yeah. I, 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 my claim is I hit Jerry Rice on the end zone. And I wasn't even supposed to be nowhere near him. I knew Steve Young was the quarterback. He was going to throw to him. So I went over and we had the same agent. So I went and bust him in the jaw and made an incomplete <laughs> pass for us and win. So they, he, he's still mad at me today for it. <laughs> he still be. I was like, man, I, hey, I, had to get, I had to pay for my family, man. I had to break even. Right, right. He was like, break even? You trying to break my jaw in the Pro Bowl? I was like, hey, man. Hey, man, I wasn't making that money you was making. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the topic of Pro Bowl and Pro Bowl safeties, um, I want to talk about Earl Thomas for a second because he hasn't had the greatest 2020, although his brother might tell you different. After Derrick Henry's, <laughs> after Derrick Henry's <laughs> stiff arm, um, things, have kind of, things haven't really gone his way. He just got cut after a training camp fight. Um, it, and it makes you really wonder if there's something more going on there. But I'm gonna, I want to ask you, is there anyone – on the football field that you wanted to punch in the face or it could be in radio as well. Yeah. 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 Like, like your playing days or radio careers or anyone that is just like, all right, look, I want to punch <laughs> that guy in the face. Yeah. Like <laughs> if I'm going to get cut, I'm going to go out swinging. Oh man. You know, I, I wanted to say, I never really, as far as football, I, I, you know, uh, there was some time, but I can't remember who they were. You know, you just felt like, oh man, you tried to hit me late on my knee, bro. That would have, that could have took me out. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you know, right. you get in those moments in games, but I don't think anybody was intentionally trying to do it. As you know, you playing with that intensity level and that 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 aggressive nature. You so I don't, I don't think it was ever a player I wanted to to punch though. What about I'm radio? Sure it was a couple times. A couple times, maybe Heinz Ward, because he was so sneaky. You know, he, he he hit me one time. By you know, he was a great blocker, and so we're way on the other side of the field. And the guy's falling down, whoever it was, and, and then I'm just throttling down, and he's behind me, and he just pushes me in the back, and I go face plant. Oh, I was hot. I mean, hot, hot as fish grease. I was hot. I said, my my whole goal is I'm not going to get a penalty. I am. I kept saying that in my head. I am not getting a penalty. I'm gonna get him in between the lines. So I just made sure one time when he was coming across the middle, I just speared him in his ribs and act like and jumped him like, "Oh my bad, my bad, my bad." <laughs> to the referee, I tried to spear him in his. I tried to break his ribs. Yeah, that was one time. I, I really, yeah, because he 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 pushed me in my back. I mean, I, he probably did more than that, and I went face planted, and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, it looked bad on film too." I was hot. So that was the only time. As far as um, in the radio, I mean, you can imagine oh, who I think that we would could. be. I think we could. <laughs> nah, just all kidding aside, you know, it, it actually, if, if that happened, it'd be like, that's what he wants me to do. That's what they want me to do. Why right. would I give him what he wants? I'm never going to give you what you want. So, nah, I could say, nah. Mm -mm. No. You know, do you want to smack somebody upside the head every now and then? You know, but they would—they wouldn't look at it like a, a sports deal. They'd be like, "Oh, no, yeah. he hit me in my head." <laughs> how how are you enjoying the new the new time slot? Like, is it obviously like you know every like we all know like you you 
your two co-hosts got let go, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. two, yeah. they, they were staples in the, in the radio arena of Nashville. They get let go. And you, you like your whole like day, your whole, your whole, you know, just like you have to, you have to switch uh, time slots. So you're now in the afternoons. One, I guess, how, how is the new time slot treating you? Do you, like, do you get to sleep in? But then two, like, you know, where, how are you feeling after, you know, the, the two guys that you would go to work with and talk sports with literally every single day are now no longer there. Yeah. I, I can kind of take you through the story. Um, you know, no, nobody, I haven't talked to anybody about it besides the, the other two guys. Well, they, they called me a Monday after the show, you know, and, and, and said that we're going to move you to, uh, you know, one to three and that you'll be on with Mickey. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. So I thought they just moved me. I had no idea they had, you know, they were just, yeah. I didn't, you know, I couldn't, I asked them about, you know, why and all that, but they didn't say that we're letting, you know, Mark Howard and Kevin Ingram go. They never told me that. Hmm. So I thought I was just moving to a different time slot because I've done every time slot known to man and I, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. at, at different times for different reasons, actually, to be honest, because uh, I wanted to go see my son play on, on Fridays uh, in the evening time and, and do some coaching and stuff like that. But so this one here was kind of a shocker. You know, we got a, a, a new head guy and he came in. We never met him in person, just on Zoom. Uh, and so he made a decision. That's what he wanted to do. So I was like, well, that was a hurricane. I survived the hurricane, but that doesn't mean it's a storm still not a brewing. You know, there's a storm brewing right there in the coast, you know, coast over there by Inico coming through Texas. So it may be another one coming through. You just never know. Blaine, a, a, lot, of, a lot of people are in Nashville. I, I grew up in Nashville, so I, I kind of wanted to get into this. Really, just after listening to your show, like on the drive home from school with my parents and stuff, uh, it was you, Brent, and Clay on 3HL. That was my favorite radio show of all yes. time. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and, that's and that's how kind we of, got started. That's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. That, that's a big part of it. Um, but there's a, there's a big uh, – a lot of mixed feelings about – because it wasn't just your show that changed. You know, the, the whole lineup over there kind of shifted a little because of, because of what happened with the morning show. Um, how do you feel – yeah. Uh, about not only your transition, but the, the whole shakeup uh, over there at 104.5. Yeah, you know, it was, it, I would say it just caught, us, caught me off guard, just me personally. I had no idea any of that was going to happen, and it, it's kind of was a huge shakeup. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I, I never got – I started doing Titans radio, and I was just having fun, and that's why mm-hmm. I wanted to continue having fun. We were on 3H, they asked me to do it. I said, okay, sure. You know, I had no idea who I was going to be with. Uh, I was on there with Brent, got to know him and Clay. Uh, we all knew Clay was going to be a national guy. So how long was he going to be there? And so we wanted to say, okay, where are we going to go after that? And then they, uh, you know, eventually, I, you know, I wanted to move to the evenings. I mean, the morning. And they said, when, when there's an opportunity, let us know. They asked me a year before that. I said, nah, nah, it's not a good time. So when there was an opportunity to move in the mornings, I moved to the mornings. Uh, I would have stayed there with Brent and Mickey. It was just a conflict of time for me. Uh, so, you know, I just, I, I kind of want, want my evenings. Uh, so, uh, you know, for travel or whatever I want to do. So I, I, I really don't have an opinion. I, I'm, I'm wondering just like everybody else, what the heck is going on? Yeah, Seriously, yeah. to be right. honest, Jack, I have no idea. I, I haven't even met the head guy who's making all these decisions 
over there. He's he's new, but I've talked to him in person on Zoom, just like I'm talking to you guys. Yeah, every Tuesday. That's the, that's <laughs> that's the craziness, because I obviously Jack and I both have backgrounds in radio, and that's just the craziness of that industry. Is it just you know you could be doing one thing one day, and the very next the everything could be shaken up, and it could be completely. Well, it's kind of like that in football, right? Yeah, you can get cut and. You be doing great. Oh, you're doing a great job. You the starter and be like, oh no, we decided to go in a different direction. We're cutting, you know, cutting salaries and we're just gonna move on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So So you yeah, I do you I would just, you say would you say football prepared you aptly for the radio industry and how I don't want to say cutthroat because that's got a, a like a negative but fluid. It's very fluid. Uh, yes, it's very fluid. Yes. That's a much better term. Yeah. Like it's it's a did would you say football prepared you for radio? Yeah, I would say so in dealing with the business side of it because of, uh, you you know, at least in football, you it's always going to be fluid. You're always trying to prove them because next man up, and if they provide that they're better than you, then you'll be gone. I mean, that's how I got my opportunity to start as a rookie, eighth-round pick, 214th pick. It was because a pro bowler went down, Bubba McDowell from the U. Who could forget Bubba McDowell? I, I, I oh. had an opportunity. I studied my playbook, and I was ready to rock and roll. He couldn't come back until the next year. Come back. They were like, no, no, can't do, buddy. We're going to yeah. go with this young buck who we're not paying no money to. All right. hey, <laughs> our, our thoughts and condolences to Bubba McDowell. Poor guy. <laughs> Blaine, if you could, if yeah. you could make oh, no, a – I, I love him. He taught me a lot, man. He was a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. If you could make a 104.5 Mount Rushmore, who would, have, who would be those four faces on that? Other than other than just your face four times, of course, like of course. you know. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know Clay would be up there. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Mark Howard would be up there. Uh, he's pretty good. Uh, the midday guys are doing fairly well, so you got to put you know one of those guys on there. I don't know. You guys can choose. <laughs> let let them just share three one one spot. I don't. I don't know all the history. Oh, and then you I, before I even got there, what I was listening to when I when I was playing and then I used to come on as a guest as plaster. That's I, I, I do. I, I do a radio show with plaster. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he was, he was the king of it actually. Yeah, he got to have a spot. So he, was the, he was the first one. Yeah. So I, yeah, those guys, I would say, I, I, you know what? That's a, that's a good one. Maybe I'll use that on my show tomorrow. Do it, do it. <laughs> well, Blaine, the, uh, I'll say this, uh, obviously. Yeah. Like radio is very fluid. If God forbid anything ever happened to you on the radio, just know that A to Z Sports That's has right. got open arms ready for you to make the jump over to this digital media space to come on over <laughs> and be hey, be the correspondent yes. that you are for tight all things Titans football. Hey, man, I love what you guys do, man. Uh, uh, you guys are the, the the first and only one I've done. So, uh, you know, a lot of people reach out to me, but, uh, I pay attention to you guys. You guys do great work. Uh, so yeah, man, I love you guys. And you're having fun too at the same time. And I, I think that's always key. Uh, I've never, you know, let someone not going to, you know, spoil my fun when I, what I'm doing. So that's part of it. It's, that's part of your entertainment. Uh, yet, you know, providing some form of a knowledge of, of what you're talking about. So yeah, man, you guys do a great job of that. Well, that we was one of the reasons. That. Yeah, that was one of the reasons we wanted to get you on was because you you fit that that enthusiasm and that that you know <laughs> that 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 zero to sixty mentality that you would bring to the field every day. <laughs> like you literally bring that on the radio and in in your interviews oh, and everything. Man. And so we we appreciate uh, that. And uh, 
Yeah, man. It's yeah, we're, 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 I got tapered down okay, sometimes on my interview questions. I be getting hyped up, boy. I love ball, man. I, I do. I, I just it. love ball, man. I really probably should be coaching, but I just like I like, man. I gotta all day. Like it'll take up my whole day. Yeah, I'm right. Like, no, nah, I can't do. That. Now you got a good gig in radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't do that all day. <laughs> but we ask every guest that we have on who their Titans dumpster dive is, and oh, yeah. what what we mean by that is. Who is the, the one Titans player that you had such high hopes for or, or that, you, that you really liked that maybe didn't perform up to, uh, you know, expectations or, you know, what fans really thought he would do? Yeah, or like a guy that you loved. And everyone but, hated. Like everyone hated. <laughs> like mine's Zach Mettenberger. Austin's is Tyrone Calico. Yeah. Oh, Tyrone Calico. Oh. Well, then mine would go because I've only done this to one player, and I don't even know if he had a. You know, your, your guys sound like they had a. They they had a glimpse of hope. You know, you you saw a little bit. You know, <laughs> right. my guys never really saw anything, but it was kind of where he went, and that is quadruple zero. Died, Kevin died. <laughs> I gave him the nickname of quadruple zero because when you looked at his name badge. The D O D D looked like four zero because he was a zero, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I never did that to any player but him, man. He, I'm like, what the heck is going on with this guy? Yeah, he's supposed to be good. I saw him get three sacks versus Alabama. Where, where's that guy? That guy left. That guy left. He he didn't check out, man. He got he got a little bit of signing bonus. He quit. <laughs> right. Something yeah. about those Clemson edge rushers, you know. Now now we got. Uh, I know, Vic Beasley. man. I'm hoping. Vic Beasley, Dude, we need to see some. We need to see some of him on the practice field real quick. Oh man, I, I just I don't know what the extent of his injury is, but he need to get healthy, and he better he better give me at least ten sacks, man. It's probably light him up, <laughs> right? Yeah, as you should, because that goodness. I mean, you would talk about a bad first impression with it, with oh, your new employer. Gosh. He pretty much yeah, set that yeah, down. Yeah, that, so. that, in radio, in radio, that that'd get you fired, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, Blaine, dude, thank you so much for for taking the time. This has been this has been fun, man. And it we got to get you back on again soon because especially with football season starting back up, get you on talking about uh, you know get more into this year's team. And we we I mean, we just scratched the surface on this oh. year's Titans team, but uh, but yeah, man, it it. This has been such a thrill for us. So thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, thank man. you guys, Jack. Awesome, man. Anytime, man. I'm having a ball just talking to you guys. Guys, bring back a lot of memories and, you know, some hurt too. <laughs> Super Bowl. But that's what life is, isn't it? Right? You gotta love it, man. Right. And you thank you. Thank you again for that uh, high five at the, uh, at the football camp. Um, it made me who I am. <laughs> I think you told me that too when you were intern back in the day. I was like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> he, he is Blaine Bishop. Follow him on Twitter at bbishop23. Guys, seriously, a, a staple in Nashville radio and just a staple of Titans football. He is uh, the pillar in which this foundation has been built. So, Blaine, thank you so much, man. You have a good one, okay? We'll let you get back to those text right. messages that you missed. <laughs> uh, I know, man. Thank you, guys, man. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. You have a good one, dude. <laughs> Jack, if there's one thing I could take away from that Blaine Bishop interview, it's that he is very popular. A lot of text messages coming through. Yeah, a lot of buzz wasn't there. But um, 
no, no, but he he did. He, I mean, that that whole one hundred four five thing uh, was really eye opening because no, I don't think anybody has heard it from from you know any of those three guys marking or Mark Howard and Kevin Ingram and, and Blaine's perspective. So yeah. that was that was uh, really interesting to hear, and you know it, the way he, he made it sound like one hundred four five isn't necessarily done yet in, in terms of shaking things up. I, right. You know, and there's a lot of us out there. Uh, I say us because. You know, I'm a big Nashville sports radio fan myself. I grew up in in Nashville and uh, listened to it just about every day when I was growing up. Um, there's, there's a lot of us not really understanding what 104.5 is doing right now. Um, yeah. You know, you blow up the morning show, which it wasn't people's favorite, but, you know, the, the way that they realign things is questionable. Jason Martin takes over the morning show. Um, you know, he's uh, the sports Joel Austin. Um, you, you have... <laughs> The midday show somehow not getting the afternoon drive. We've had Chad Withrow on this podcast, and you know they're they're one of the best midday shows in the nation for their time slot. And they didn't even get the midday or the 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 afternoon drive. And you see Blint going with or Blaine going with Mickey. Um, we love Mickey, Uncle Mickey. Oh yeah, um, former guest of the show. It's just, it's just strange, you know, hearing everything, you know, shaken up and and kind of getting blown up over there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is interesting. And we're kind of like, we're filling out our bingo card of getting zone, uh, talent on this show. You know, like it's, we've got, we've had uncle Brent Doherty. We've had uncle Mickey. We've had uncle Chad Withrow. Uh, now we've had uncle, uh, um, uh, Blaine Bishop. Yeah. And then, um, and we will never get, uh, we'll never get Jonathan Hutton. No, but that's our choice. Yeah. This is an anti Jonathan Hutton podcast. Um, but yeah, so he's like the free space. Um, we just need to get PK and Don and then, uh, I'm pretty sure we've, we've, and maybe get Jason Martin on eventually. And then, uh, we filled out our entire bingo card, but yeah, it is interesting. Cause as much as Jack and I are nerds about the Titans, we're also huge sports talk radio nerds and just hearing conversation about the inner workings and what goes on and, you know, how, how he heard things. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that was very fascinating. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. Uh, well, I mean, cool is one way to describe it. I don't, it was interesting. Um, yeah. To say, to say the least. I like the one Oh four five Mount Rushmore he did as well. I, I, I tend to agree with him on. Oh yeah. And yeah. And you got to put Plaz on there too. Yeah. Cause I, I used to intern with, Plaz. You, you work, you work with them. Yeah. So it's, I, you definitely had, and he kind of built that station, um, or like he was one of the founding fathers, if you literally will. Literally almost by himself built that station. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he deserves a spot up there. Without um, question. But with that being said, we, we go from, we, we brought up Hutton, Jonathan Hutton, and there's a guy <laughs> that, that the Titans brought in who is said to look like him. Now he doesn't have devil horns protruding from his head. No, no. Sure. And he's. Yeah, he's not as awful. He's not as awful as Jonathan Hutton. Um, Trevor Simeon was signed as the Titans' backup quarterback this week. We had a discussion last week where we mentioned he, along with Deshaun Kaiser, were brought in for a tryout or a workout, I guess, and it seems like he passed with flying colors. He got the contract, but we well, don't, we don't know how we don't know how well he passed with flying colors. Yeah, he he passed. Because Trevor Simeon does not have a good track record of passing. No, but, but he did beat out Deshaun Kaiser, who has yet to win an NFL game as a starting quarterback. So he wasn't the worst at tryouts. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You got to give credit where credit is due. Um, yeah, and this was just the, your basic Titans Wednesday news dump, which really pisses me off because 
obviously this podcast drops, you know, we record this on Tuesday nights. It drops Wednesday mornings. And Wednesday is always the day that the Titans always just give you the biggest news that they possibly got. They, they empty their holster and just completely screw us over because by the time here we are, we're talking about Trevor Simeon seven days after Trevor Simeon signs with the Titans. And, and look, I don't want to take anything against Trevor Simeon. He's now a Titan. So I am now a fan of Trevor Simeon. I want that to be clear up front, but, (laughs) and I'm not even going to say, but because when you say the word, but it can contradicts every said, everything you said earlier in the sentence. Although, <laughs> however, I if you listen to last week's podcast, you heard me go on this huge like, well, what if? What? Why not? Why? Why don't the Titans take a look, kick the tires on Blake Bortles? That's a guy who's had success in the AFC South, and, and yeah, not just played in the AFC South, had success. Then that should be noted. Went to an AFC Championship game with the Jaguars. I know, shocker, right? Almost uh, won that AFC championship game. Anyone who can take the Jaguars to an AFC championship. I think him and Mark Brunel deserve spots on the NFL <laughs> Mount Rushmore. They're the exact same quarterback, too, those two. <laughs> right. And, but Blake Bortles, to me, he's a bigger dude. He's got a, he's got a bigger arm than Trevor Simeon. I just don't understand why you didn't even at least bring him in for a workout. And I don't – I look, and I don't know the ins and outs of the – what it takes to get workouts with guys. Maybe Blake Bortles, maybe they had discussions and his asking price was too high. So they're like, we're not even going to bring him in. For I can't workout. imagine I that know. was the case though. I, and I can't either. Cause it, the, the closer we get to the regular season, the closer these, like the more these guys want jobs. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I was very frustrated that the Titans did this. Now, look, with that said, again, I am a Trevor Simeon fan now because he is wearing two-tone blue, but I am a little frustrated and it's the first time I've been frustrated with J-Rob in a while for not at least trying out Blake Bortles, but that's my own personal feeling on the whole matter. Yeah, the, the Titans were looking for a guy with starting experience, and while there were numerous guys out there, the Titans just simply waited too long in the offseason, and they kind of got um, the best of the worst, I guess, although was he the best yeah. of the worst? He, I, he, he I was, don't know. You know. Sometimes all you have to do is be the second slowest deer in order to get away from, you know, the lion, although deer and lions, do they live together? That doesn't matter. Um, but, but <laughs> you're mixing the, like the African safari with the, uh, with the, the, the suburban the, backyards of Will, I'm, sure Williams a lion, I'm sure a lion's escaped in like Seattle or something before, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, so, so the times are stuck with Trevor Simeon and the backup quarterback position is looking worse than it really has in recent memory. I'd take the Blaine train over Trevor Simeon. No, not Blaine Bishop, Blaine Gabbert. Um, we I would take I would take Blaine Bishop though. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. But I mean, that's that's who they're stuck with. You just got to really hope that Tannehill, you know, stays healthy and that line does a good job of protecting him. And I, I just wanted to be clear that no, I would not take Blaine Bishop, nor would I take Blaine Gabbert over Trevor Simeon. Um, but I, if Ryan Tannehill goes down, I I will be in a dark place. I will be sad. Um, I, I, I want Trevor Simeon to succeed. I just personally, I don't feel as comfortable with the situation now than I did last year. Derrick um, Henry has more touchdown passes in the playoffs than Trevor Simeon. That's true. That's true. He also has more touchdown passes in the playoffs than um, uh, what's that one stat everyone loves throwing around? Derrick Henry has more touchdown passes in the playoffs than uh, 
Oh, Wentz. Carson Wentz. Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, then most quarterbacks. Any but, quarterback yeah. the Jags in the last two years, three years. Yeah, um, yeah but, but, you know, a lot of that has to do with your offensive line. And we have a case this week that uh, doesn't really bode well, or is a bad look at least, mm-hmm. for the Titans in the offensive line department. And that's Isaiah Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Paul Kaharski broke the news that Isaiah Wilson was cited uh, at, a, at a TCU party or TSU party, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, over, over the week and you got busted by cops. Look, we've all been to parties that have been busted up by cops. Yeah. Now, who hasn't. Right. I mean, we're, we're really cool. Jack and I are like, so cool. We've been to tons of parties, <laughs> <laughs> all of which have been busted up, busted up by cops because they were just so hype out and, of so, hand. and they were so trill. No, but, but do people still say trill. It's okay. It, All right, it, but um, no, but not everyone. It was a first round draft pick, and not everyone uh, attended parties in the middle of a pandemic, uh, especially at a college. Once you now have a full time job, mind you, that pays you know millions and millions of dollars. And Isaiah Wilson, in the report, it was stated that he was on the second floor of a building and was contemplating jumping off to evade the police, and that's just. Number one, I hate that. It, it's kind of funny, but it's also like, damn, come on, get your head on straight because the season's almost here. We're already behind the eight ball in the offseason. Uh, we can't have you getting COVID and spending 10 days in quarantine. Right. Valuable days of training camp that you desperately need as a rookie offensive tackle. Um, and, and another part is, what if he were to come into camp? What if, say, he, say the cops didn't show up and he didn't make the news for this and no one really knew. He comes in with COVID and gives it to the entire offensive line and the Titans – you know, have to sign all the Quesenberry brothers and start them on the O line this year. You know, it, it's just—it's it, not responsible. It, it's what you call a rookie mistake. I know Vrabel talked to him and probably shamed him a little bit, as he should. But I don't know. What do, what do you think about this whole situation? Yeah, it's 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 interesting, man. And p- part of me wonders if Dennis Kelly was the one who threw this party, <laughs> just to uh, and then and then the anonymous tip came from Dennis Kelly's phone number. Uh, to the cops about breaking up this party. I don't know. You know, he really wants that. He really wants that starting job and he'll get it at all costs. No, I, to me, my whole take on this whole situation is, and and I agree with everything you said. It is very irresponsible of him, especially this close to the season, especially just where everything's at. He could have, who knows? I mean, he, we, we technically, we won't know for another two weeks if, if he does have COVID, um, so it still could, the jury could still be out on that, on whether or not he spreads it to anyone else with the team and then really screws over the Titans right before week one against the Broncos. But my whole take on this thing is why <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't be that old dude who shows up to college parties. <laughs> why is Isaiah Wilson still going to college parties, bro? Like you're, don't you're you in a- tomorrow. Like, You're not in college anymore. Like all I know is when I was in college or even in high school and I saw people that used to go to my school or that used to be in college or in high school showing up to the parties, I was always weirded out the most by those people. Mm-hmm. If, if you're got, if, if you're it, like, I guarantee you Isaiah Wilson, like these cops giving you like citing you, is the least of your worries because now the court of public opinion already has labeled you as the weird dude who shows up on to campus parties 
as an adult who has a professional job. Like, I'm sorry, dude, but you're now in the professional workplace. And granted, it's professional football, so it's a little different than most, you know, paper pushing desk jobs. But like the only parties you really have to attend from here on out are baby showers, wedding showers, and and office Christmas parties. And like that's the life. party trophy comes to Broadway. Then then we'll all party together. Right. Yes, yes, agreed. You have to earn that one. And so you just have to come to terms with that, Isaiah. You're an adult now, okay? Yeah. Stop stop going to college parties. You're weirding everyone out. I don't- let alone maybe getting other people sick with coronavirus yeah i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt in the situation because he is super young um although it, it was reckless i'm not gonna you know lecture him because uh it's hard being in that position you know when you're the only millionaire in the building uh you know you're you're a guy a lot of people probably want to hang around and want to party with and so the temptations and all that but i don't want to get into that look uh, isaiah wilson be better be better next time. That's, that's all. all we're asking. That's all. That's all you will ever ask from you from the Tighten Up podcast. Um, hey, speaking of complete and utter morons, <laughs> that's mean, dude. You can't sorry, sorry. No, I, I wasn't. I was in reference to someone else. Uh, <laughs> C.J. Henderson, new Jaguars uh, with defensive back, calling called out. Uh, well, I didn't really call him out, but like he was responding to someone's tweet about Derrick Henry. And basically said Derrick Henry is human. If you're listening to this podcast, you're familiar enough with the Titans. You're familiar with the Titans enough to where you know that Derrick Henry is anything Henry but is far from a human. He is he is a he is a human Brinks truck. And I and I don't just mean that because he got paid earlier this offseason. I mean that because the man is an armored truck and he will run over anyone. And if you're, do you have the tweet? Do you have the, what no, he actually I, I said? Was, I think it's actually since been deleted. Oh, of course. What, what of course. Mistake. What, what famous last words, Derek Henry, a human Derek Henry's a rhinoceros with dreadlocks. Okay. <laughs> yes. And, and of all people, you, you think the Jaguars would have, would have told stories in the locker room about how terrible it is to, to tackle him because Derek Henry's best games come against the Jags. He grew up around Jacksonville and he loves to punish them. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, you, you know, you know how most like, you know the the truck the semi truck company Peterbilt. Well, Peterbilts are Derek built. That's how big this dude is. Like he is, he like he's just he's not human. And Jaguars teammates, I'm sure the, the reason that tweet got deleted because Jaguars teammates know better than anyone else in the NFL how hard a Derrick Henry stiff arm comes to their face. And this is literally what happened to Earl Thomas. Okay, CJ, like CJ, take note of what happened with Der- with Earl Thomas, because he he basically undermined Derrick Henry and literally got got his like he still has handprints in his back from Derrick Henry. Henry. Derrick Henry stiff arm, stiff armed Earl Thomas straight into unemployment. I mean, well, the- straight into his brother and then into unemployment. Yes, yes. <laughs> his, his brother was watching. CJ, that don't be surprised in the next uh, next few weeks to to hear about CJ having uh, uh you know some orgy with his brother. So hey, maybe Earl Thomas goes on to you know be an assistant coach at Liberty. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, uh, not looking good. CJ Henderson, big mistake. Big uh, mistake, dude. What an idiot. Yeah, that's oh man, right up there with Bill O'Brien. Right up there with him. uh, Happy, happy story. Bill Compton, he's trying out with the Titans Wednesday. When we'll be listening to this, he's got to try out with the team. 
on their day. We'll go ahead and report it. We'll, we'll report it here first. The workout went incredible. The workout went insane. It was it was awesome. It was it was one of the best workouts the Titans have ever seen. That's right. And they signed Will Compton. So um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, we're credit Titan up podcast. Yes, we had we were first. Um, but you know, as one comes in, you know, Darren Bates, he is gone. Well, the Titans, Darren Baron Bates. Real quick, before we get to Darren Darren Bates, Will Compton, I, I, I hope they sign him. And I don't just mean that because he's a very likable dude and he's a cool dude. And I, I To me, and because he's a good player. he's I, I still do think there's a lot left in that tank and you can get a lot of value out for him. But we know the fit is there. And we know that the Titans signing him and bringing him back would be a huge morale boost for that locker room. No matter what he does on the field – He's going to bring a lot of positive energy back to this Titans team that I think would be needed in a in a year where you didn't have OTAs and you didn't have the offseason time to spend with each other. They need that familiar face back in to get this team going and and hyped and get everyone just freaking fired up and for this 2020 season. So I, I I hope they do sign him mainly for that reason. No, I agree. And whether he's a camp body or a rotational linebacker or a special team guy, uh, I, I think the Titans benefit with Will. I think the Titans are better with Will Compton in that locker room. Yeah. Um, but Darren Bates, uh, Darren Bates, Darren Bates, the Titans cut Darren Bates earlier in the off season. And last week he signed with the Houston Texans. Um, we all know Darren Bates from his, Boombox antics in the locker room that Paul yeah. hates so so much, um, <laughs> but but Darren Bates was like the, the team's biggest hype guy. You know, he was always on the sidelines, the chirping the other team as a tackle happened uh, near near the Titans sideline. Um, but he's gone, and so Will Compton kind of, I guess, will fill those shoes. Yeah, um, and he went to the so he signed with the Texans. And full disclosure, we haven't we haven't talked about this with anyone. But Darren Bates was scheduled to come on to last week's episode. Yeah. We were we were going to get him on and talk about his Titans playing days and just talk about a bunch of different stuff. And this is before he signed with the Texans. And the dude no showed us completely. Yeah. Like we were, we put on our prom dress, we had our corsage, we were ready to go, and we were just waiting by the by the front door on the front steps. And he just no never showed up. Yeah. So. But it, yeah, it, it, and it's the one that got away because he signed, of course, this week. We would have loved to have him on. We were talking to him about getting him on this week, but no, didn't happen. But Darren Bates, and then he signed with the Texans. So are we an anti-Darren Bates podcast now? We're damn close. I think we're damn close. But I, I, it's close. We'll, we'll do, leave the door I, open. I still like Darren Bates. I really do. I, I know I do too. And I was so excited for that interview because I, I had so much wanted to get into with him. But okay. yeah, Darren Bates. You're, you're you're on thin ice, big guy. Thin ice, bro. If you, if you tackle anyone on the Tennessee Titans, that's the last damn. Show. If you do anything against the Titans, we will that that ice will break faster than you can, faster than C.J. Henderson will <laughs> when Derrick Henry stiff arms him. Okay, so that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Titan Up Podcast. Uh, hit up uh, at Titan Up Pod on Twitter, Titan at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. Leave us a rating and review. You guys are awesome. Our followers came up huge a couple weeks ago and gave us uh, all these great positive reviews, and we appreciate it. Um, but yeah, but but freaking Buck still gives us crap about our 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 ratings and how we're bringing his ratings down on the feed. 
leave us a rating or review and just let them know that the Titan Up podcast, you're giving five stars for the, for the Tups because you guys are awesome and we appreciate it. We appreciate all the uh, feedback you guys give and, and everything and all the interaction we have on Twitter. Please keep it up. Uh, Jack, do you got anything for the road? Nope, uh, I don't. Uh, obviously, emails. Hit us up. Titanapod at a to z sportsnashville.com. Um, we, we will read all of those you know, during the podcast as well. It's always yeah, fun to interact with you guys. Right. We had to scrap it today just because we had so much to get into as well as Blaine. So uh, we'll, we'll get to some emails next week. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess with all that said, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.